0: Welcome everybody to Beat the Shift Baseball. This is episode forty-six for Friday, December seventh. I'm Alex Uwey here today with Alex Rudy. How are you doing, man?
1: I'm doing great. It's first time on in quite some time. I'm a little rusty, but you know, it's a beautiful thirty degree day out in Sunny Ann Arbor. So let's get at it.
0: And you're hungover as hell as is, is my understanding too, so this'll be a fun one. That's correct. <laughs> Uh, I wish I'll probably be there with you soon, soon enough. Um, But yeah, you know who's definitely in a perpetual state of, I don't even know if it's hangover or if it's just like a state of depressed drinking. That would be Mariners fans, um, Mm. or at least I would be anyway. Uh, No, I'm joking because the Mariners at least keep things interesting. They're doing something. I don't know what they're doing, but they're doing something. Let's talk about what they're doing. Um, because there's there's a few things. What, to talk are, about. what are they doing? They're what dominating they doing? all of the storylines. Well, most of them. You know, we'll talk about a few other signings. Another huge MVP blockbuster trade, also. And then uh, because it's just us Yankees fans on today, we'll we'll talk about our Yankees wish list at the end. But yeah, back to the Mariners. First big deal they made was getting rid of their uh, quote unquote superstar. Robinson Cano who they signed to that mega 10-year deal. What was that? And that was 6 years ago now? Yes. Was that in 2012. No. Jesus. It was longer it, even. Longer. Okay. Wow. Time flies. Anyway, Cano and Edwin Diaz are heading to the Mets and the Mariners in return get stuff. Nothing in- nothing really good, but they get some stuff. They get Jay Bruce, Anthony Swarzak, a few prospect type of players, I think one of them's a reliever. It, it, that part's not really important, but uh, I think it's more interesting what the Mets get in return, and I, I think it's weird because it's not really a salary dump for either side. Um, with the Mariners kicking in um, $20 million or so to offset Cano's huge contract and you know taking on some bad contracts themselves, they really only save a couple million in payroll over the next few years. So, it's an interesting move, but, you know, I, I, I really don't know what the Mariners are doing. Let's talk about the Mets first, then. Um, equally interesting question. What are the Mets doing? Are they really trying to contend right away? Apparently. Apparently, yeah. Apparently, that's a good Brody...
1: Answer. By the way, the contract started in 2014, so it's, a, it's been five years. Um, mm, okay. Brody... Seemingly believes that this is a team that can contend. And with the Vag... Van, Wagen- Van... How do you pronounce it? Van Wagenen? Van Wagenen? Is that correct?
0: Ooh, heck if I know. I'd...
1: Van Wagenen. I don't know. It sounds like a fairly Swedish name, so... <laughs> <don't>... <laughs> nope. Sorry. Don't think I can help there. <laughs> um, I, I, You know, I get it. I get, you, you said something to me before the podcast that, you know, the NL... I mean, the NL is so weak that almost anyone can contend with a halfway decent roster, which I think in theory is true. And that is the point. You can't criticize a team for winning. But when you look at the fact that most likely the Phillies are going to get a lot better, Atlanta has already gone better, the Nationals, if they don't get Harper, um, they very, very least are going to have maybe the best rotation in baseball, Plus, the Cardinals getting Goldschmidt in um, the NL Central. It's not like the NL is getting any weaker this offseason, specifically, I would say. And this team, to me, you know, is, is this the trade that takes them from bad to wild card, I guess? like I don't know if I see it. Cano is still really good for his age. I think people are underrating that just because of his bad contract. The guy is still a really good player, even after he came back from a suspension. So you can't say it's all steroids or something. He's definitely effective. And Diaz might be the best closer in the league. So that, you know, that's certainly, I, I think, you know, it's it's a it's a weird, but it's, it's a weird trait because the timetable for me is just hard to comprehend. I mean, uh, I, I don't know. I'm not seeing this team as just that good. I mean, Cano, okay, you have Cano as a bat. Who are your other bats? I mean, 10 okay. 4 still can't hit lefties, right?
0: Well, okay, I mean, you know, there's there's a lot of... I think today is going to be a big day of to-do lists for the teams that we talk about because they're putting in a lot of energy and a lot of work here. But it's really early in the offseason. Winter meetings haven't even happened yet, and there is still a lot of work to do, especially in this st- in this newly stacked NL East team that seems to be feasting on the Mariners and we'll talk about these other these other deals also that have been made and then kind of finish off with our NL East power rankings uh after you know talking about what the other teams have done but for the Mets to begin with you know they do add Cano who is still a good player you know I've kind of even suppressed the uh the suspension from my from my mind already but you know he last year still hit over 300 with an 845 OPS that's a valuable player you know, I, I don't know how else to say it, and you know the Mets do have an interesting team, not necessarily a a good lineup. Like you mentioned, like, I really like Michael Conforto. They have Brandon Nemo who's really good. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of holes though. Also there. Um, yeah, it ends at there. Like that's the, my... all right. Well, I... you know, one thing that I thought was really interesting too is it looked like Jeff McNeil was gonna go back in this Cano deal. There was a lot of back and forth on the information surrounding this deal because it took multiple days to to really land on anything, even though it was agreed upon. But Jeff McNeil did not end up going to the Mariners, which I thought was interesting because I don't know where he's going to play now. He might yeah, I was He ask might you that. take Todd Frazier's spot at third base or maybe just play all over the diamond. But I, Jeff, Jeff McNeil had a really good year last year. Um, you know, we're probably forgetting people too. I'm not going to go through everybody, but their pitching is it's incredible still, you know, and then they, they still have, you know, room to work there. Um, so, you know, say what you will, the Mets, you know, are, are close. There are a couple, you know, good, good free agent bats away from, from where they need to be. I don't think they have to make any, any blockbuster moves because, you know, to be honest, if you're, if you're trying to tie up a lot of money in free agents at this point, when you already have, some you know some money tied up in older not so you know pr- productive players anymore then that's a point where it gets to be where you get yourself into a, a real mess and you end up having to sell off like the Mariners are so you know I don't think the Mets want to do that at any point down the line either so let's talk about the next trade the next uh, what are the Mariners doing trade they traded away Gene Segura all-star shortstop Gene Segura And Juan Nicasio and James Pazos, another reliever, I think, uh, to the Phillies in exchange for Carlos Santana, who also has a pretty bloated contract after a down year last year, and J.P. Crawford. So, you know, these are two wildly different players that the Mariners are getting back here. Um, And, you know, the the Mariners traded away the best player in this deal, really. I mean, Gene Segura is still a really good player, uh, locked up to a... I think he's on, on like a five-year contract. I'm not sure what year he's in, um, but you know that's it's nothing you know unreasonable for his level of production. So the Phillies, you know, definitely seem to be very okay with the uh, the haul they got there. So let's let's bring it back to the Phillies. Where where do you think they are? What is on their to-do list?
1: So that contract is five years, um, with seventy million. And it was just it just started, um, so it must have been like an extension, um, which it not, was. She, yeah, they extended him. Gene Segura, I, I I love it for the Phillies. I I cannot comprehend it for the uh, Mariners because Santana's contract's pretty awful and bloated, and J P Crawford is not good. So,
0: but J P Crawford's also twenty three years old and was. It, Based on pedigree, one of the top-rated shortstops as a prospect. So yeah, it's not like man. he's it's not like he's doomed to fail. You know, this is definitely a, a, a valuable he's piece to have for a team that really, has no farm system either. Like you know, you'll take that. The problem is that he's for me is
1: that he's never really hit at any level, and I don't see that changing. So I don't. Yeah, I don't know how. I don't really understand it from their perspective uh from the Phillies it's i mean i think it's great i mean they they definitely needed more consistent consistent offensive weapons i mean and guys like Kingry who were supposed to be consistent performers wow, um and okay.
0: is an interesting one. Uh, but
1: i mean he's young there's still plenty of time they're going to be wrong but like this team is clearly moving to win now and um you know hot um you do have performers like Hoskins um, you know, I believe in Franco. I think that guy is talented. I think he is a consistent performer. They're still missing, I think, a, a real, you know, lineup linchpin, and it sounds like they're going to try to sign one. But I mean, I think this trade definitely put, you know, moves them in the right direction offensively speaking.
0: Yeah, I would, I would tend to agree that the Phillies did what they wanted to do there. They cleared, you know, Carlos Santana, who I guess really just wasn't working out for them. And they're able to move Hoskins back to first. They get a solid middle infielder, which is something that they've kind of been lacking uh, to this point. So uh, there's there's that as well. But I I want to talk about Carlos Santana for for a moment here because last year he hit two third he hit two twenty nine. That's not a good year, but he he's still a very productive offensive player when you look at what happened. He had a very unlucky year batted ball wise i remember this you know as a fantasy baseball player this is a common trend for him is that he starts off slow and, and has tended to have stronger second halves and is a consistently good on base player like he still got on base at a 350 clip after hitting 229 so you know there's that to keep in mind as well it very well could have just been a down year and you know maybe the mariners the mariners don't seem like a team that ever wants to sell completely they're they're trying to to rebuild while maybe staying competitive or giving themselves pieces that really can, can they're they're buying low basically you know if this was a fantasy trade and and you're looking at it like this you know you're like oh why would you trade away gene segura and you're like ah, carlos santana is a good buy low i guess uh, you know you can look at it that way if you want because i don't think santana is a true talent 230 hitter you know so I, I think he can bounce back. The two years prior to that had an OPS well over 800. So, you know, say what you will about that. I think Santana will probably be fine in, in Seattle, even if Mariners fans don't want him there. So um, that, that's fine. And also mention an older trade that they made that maybe people forgot about is that the, the Mariners traded for Malik Smith uh, again. This is the second time they've done this, um, and they gave up Mike Zanino in the process. Um, so that's another interesting change to their roster. Um, you know, of course, they're looking to trade Kyle Seeger. I think uh, DePoto's mentioned that explicitly that they would like to move Seeger, who's also on a uh, who's locked up on a contract extension, and uh, they could potentially move Mitch Haniger, who is probably their best player. And still under team control, so I don't know if they should, but based on what they're doing, they definitely could do it. So I'll ask first: What do you think will happen with Seeger and Hanniger? And I'll follow up with another question after, but I'll ask that first. So
1: I first preface with saying that. The Rays Mariners make so many pointless trades of each other, it's just insane.
0: But when the Rays like, do it, they look like geniuses. And when the Mariners I mean, do it, they look so. like, what are you doing? <laughs>
1: like, oh my god, what a just, like, boring fucking trade. Um, <laughs> I don't really know how Seager's tradable. He's not good, and his contract sucks. Well, so,
0: define not uh, good. <laughs> He's good. For his contract. Okay. Like, Maybe? Maybe. One last. Year. What's his um, what's his current contract? If you if you happen to have it, I actually don't know. And again, it, it's, it's it's a very down year for a guy like Kyle Seager.
1: He's gonna make uh. It looks like um. I don't know why this is, the way the sports track has it is confusing me extremely. But it says he's making. Uh, eight nineteen million dollars next year through twenty twenty one. I believe is okay. what it is,
0: which no, is granted, a lot. Okay, yeah, granted, he's it. not he's not his brother. He's not he's not a great player. He's been a good player throughout his career, though. You know, the, the career numbers indicate that he's a better player than he was last year. Also, and he's a good defender, and he's just you know, he's a good third baseman. But and that's not teams don't. Trade for just good players. You know, you can find a Kyle seeger on the free agent market. So, do you think they're going to be able to move him? Is there a team that looks like they need him? Because I can't think of one.
1: I maybe mean, they want to give him away for like nothing. I'm Virtually sure they have would, been. <laughs> maybe like the Angels could take him, or
0: uh, perhaps. I mean,
1: yeah. I, I the other thing is that I don't really understand why you would trade Mitch Haniger. What is the point of that? That like, part,
0: yeah, I don't I don't see I guess, why they would. Maybe just like, to, to really restock their farm system. Like, because he's, he's the only guy that can net them real He's prospects.
1: 27. So, like, yeah, I guess if you... Yeah, like exactly what you just said, I guess if in that situation it makes sense. But, I mean, he, he's probably a guy who's going to age fine production-wise. But he could easily be still a really good player when you're good again. Unless you're really going to, like, fucking... Sorry, excuse my, my French, but <laughs> unless you're really rebuilding f- complete bare bones, which I guess since DePoto's treated all, every player that he's inherited except for Felix and Seeger, I guess that's possible. But, like, I mean, it's not, it's not like he's, like, some, you know, athletic freak that, or, you know, he's not an extreme power hitter or an extreme, you know, speedster. Like, why his, I, I think that's a weird rumor. I don't really understand it. You might if they're they going to train Haniger, then, I mean, th- there should be no one on the roster under twenty five, I guess, like.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, it really is. Like we we asked the question to start this this whole segment, this whole podcast so far. What are the Mariners doing? We haven't really given an answer. We gave we gave the answers to what they have done but as to their goals, what they're doing, that remains to be seen. And, you know, as a baseball fan, I do really want to look at this from the perspective of the Mariners and really try to understand what they're doing because I think it's interesting, if nothing else, to try to get in the minds of, the front, of a front office and try to understand what their goals are just based on the moves they make. You know, you get the clues, you, you get the end result, and then you gotta work backwards from there to figure out, you know, what is this team doing? And it, it really does seem like they're trying to make, you know, they're trying to, you know, tear down a, a failed plan, you know, Robinson Cano is supposed to be their star, you know, they brought in Nelson Cruz, they brought in, you know, and pe- they brought in pieces to try to make a playoff run. Even as recently as last year, they were legitimately trying to make a playoff run. And now, you know, they've kind of taken their losses, but they don't want to do it in a way that's going to take multiple years to to tear down and try to be um and you know just tank and be bad for for however many years in in the hopes of you know just ending up with a super team i think what depoto in the front office there want to do is maintain an, maintain an, a competitive team you know it, this is it's almost to me looking like what the pirates are doing you know the pirates will sell you know they'll they'll make these trades they'll they'll rebuild but it's it's dynamic they'll still try to put out a good product on the field which is something that i've been behind for a long time um you know against the the whole tank to win down the line philosophy because you know it is like they are seattle like they have of course they have a really good football team but they are a big part of seattle sports that really hasn't given anything to their fans for a long time. I think the last thing fans want right now is a complete teardown, you know? They're they're going to have an okay roster. The pitching is the only thing, and this has been the case for years now, that's really going to suffer. But, you know, I can see a scenario where, you know, the Mariners are still 70-plus 70, 70 game winners, you know? That's not totally out of the question. So that's what I think they're doing. They're, they're, they kind of want to just reset a little bit without you know going full teardown um so that's my take on it do you have a different perspective do you have a different idea
1: no i just think i I hate these teams in baseball that you know kind of just peripherally churn the roster um without it seems like any um i don't know there is a plan, but, like, it, it's hard to really comprehend, like, the long-term strategy. I think the Rays do that really well, where they just kind of churn, 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 and the Mariners are like the opposite of that, a team that does that and doesn't seem to do it in a good way.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of teams, really, that, that do this, and we kind of ignore that because they're at totally different levels of of play, really. You know, there's only a few dynasty type of teams out there most of them are in the american league i'll mention but you know they the pirates have been doing this forever and they will have periods of success and they will have you know some really down years but they just want to be consistent they want to have a consistent product on the field and i think there's nothing wrong with that from a fan perspective um some fans you know feel differently and i can't i can't prevent that but for the time being i i I'm most curious to just see how the Mariners finish out this off season. I would like to believe that they're going to go in on some, some free agents. There are a lot of interesting, very affordable free agents that I think the Mariners could go after. I actually would really love to see if the, if the Mariners try to sign Billy Hamilton and, you know, just go with the super dynamic, oh, fast outfield. You know, they already have Malik Smith And, you know, Mitch Hanniger's no slouch, you know, we'll see where he ends up. But I want to see, I'm expecting them to do something interesting on the free agent market. Like, this is phase one of their offseason is, you know, clear some room. And I want to see what phase two is really badly. Um, Let's talk about, well, one more uh, NL East team who you already mentioned just signed Patrick Corbin, to a really big deal. 6 years, 140 million uh to the Nationals and now they've got a very top-heavy starting rotation over there and the question everybody wants to know is is Bryce Harper going to come back? I don't think I don't think he is. I don't think they really need to bring him back unless it's somehow just a complete free agent collapse and he doesn't end up signing a mega deal somewhere. But there is I think there's a reason to believe that the Nationals will be more than okay if their superstar leaves them, because they do have a very good team that they're fielding right now. And you know, again, on their uh, to-do list, checked off another starting pitcher, but what else needs to be checked off here? So I mean, uh, I'll I'll, I'll slow it down a little bit. First of all, what do you think about Corbin signing a six-year deal with this team?
1: I think it's a lot of money for Patrick Corbin in a lot of years. Um, I think, um, I mean, he obviously was really good last year, so don't get me wrong, it's not like they're signing some schlup to a terrible contract right off the bat. But I also think, um, you know, Corbin hasn't been great every year of his career either. I mean... A lot of injuries. he He had a five... 5, 515 five, fifteen ERA in 2016 in 152 innings 155 innings pitch, excuse me that's a really bad season i don't care how you
0: like look at it well i, I mean, here's how i look at it it was 2015 and he's been pretty good I, since then he's been getting better last year he he's one of those pitchers that the peripheral numbers favor him immensely and he also really had a good year through 200 innings which is a good sign from a guy with injury riddled history one of the best you know strikeout pitchers in the game really got the whip down which is a huge difference for him you know it's i i think a lot of that had to do with um changing the percentage of his pitch usage and started using the slider a lot more and gets tons of swings and misses on he he might have the best slider in baseball based on the metrics you know we can dive into fan graphs if we want to but just know that that's it's one of the best pitches that any pitcher will throw, is Patrick Corbin's slider. And, you know, he's 29 years old. He, they're going to have him, you know, if they don't trade him, as a 35-year-old with injury history. So, you know, of course, that's going to be rough. But I do think this is the kind of contract it was going to take to land a guy like Corbin. I know for a fact that the Yankees would have been in on Corbin for anything less than six years. There's a number of other teams, I'm sure, that would have been out there looking at him too. um so, you know, that I think it's just what it was one of those deals was like, this is what it's going to take to get it done, and the Nationals wanted to get it done more than anybody else.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess it all really comes down to, do they sign Harper, re-sign Harper or not, too, in terms of evaluating? Do you
0: think they do? Yes or
1: no? Um, if I had to put money on where he's going right now, I think I would put money on him returning to the Nationals. I,
0: I, I don't think he does. I think part of that is just because the Nationals should feel comfortable with the outfield that they have right now. They have Adam Eaton, they have Juan Soto, yeah. and yeah. um I'm I'm forgetting one player who's also there. Uh,
1: Victor Robles.
0: Yes, yes, of course, Victor Robles. So they have a very, you know, team friendly outfield right now, like team control friendly outfield. Uh so that's that's the only reason why I think that. So, um before we move on to the other news, just without too much explanation, without too much, um, you know, yeah, just, just basically let's give the power rankings for the NL East right now. Marlins excluded, of course. So top to bottom. Right now,
1: if I had to choose in order of my rankings, I would have without. It's hard because the off season obviously is not finished yet to really, mm-hmm. I think, evaluate it properly. Yeah. Uh, but I guess at this second, I would go with the Braves first. Um. Though I really think they need one more starter. Um. They have a lot of. I mean, I guess Fultonewits, Fultonowitzki Is that what Fult-
0: Close. That was cl-
1: close. I guess he is an ace statistically. I don't know if I trust him repeating such a performance. Um, but still, I mean, they were the best team last year, and they've only gone better, so I'm not going to, like, diss that. I think the Nationals, regardless if they get Harper or not, are the second-best team. They should be better than they were last year, like, in just just by sheer regression. Um, and then. I guess the Mets are better than the Phillies at the second because of that trade, but the Phillies keep on waving their dick that they're gonna spend big money, so I'd be shocked if by the end of the season that would, they would still be that would still be the case.
0: Yeah, so you so you're gonna go Braves, Nationals, Mets then Phillies as of right now? Yes. Okay. I have a I have a little bit of a different order there. I do think the Nationals have the best team in the East right now, and I know that's crazy because with Bryce Harper last year they didn't win their division it was the Braves and the Braves are insanely good and they're also not done but I do think especially with Corbin now you know a starting rotation like that not winning the division just seems too too far fetched and they have so many good young players still the Nationals do so I I can't count them out either so I'm going to go Nationals Braves and then between the Phillies and the Mets, I'm going to go ahead and say that the, the Phillies are the better team. I just, I don't know. I like their, their offense a little bit. I like their flow a little bit better than, than the Mets. You know. And I do like their pitching too. Uh, the Mets, I, I can't go as far to say that it's better than the Mets with DeGrom and Syndergaard, the top of things over there. But Aaron Nola is legitimately one of the you know five to ten best pitchers in all of baseball and then they have nice they have like really good pieces to round out their rotation which i don't know if i can uh okay the mets is still way better pitching wise but i don't know i i feel like the phillies have a little bit more going for them (laughs) without too much explanation so uh there we go a couple different uh takes on the nl east let's talk about the other blockbuster trade that we haven't even touched on yet 25 minutes into this podcast That's Paul Goldschmidt. Going to the Cardinals, the lifetime Diamondback superstar perennial MVP candidate, is now with a different red team in the central. And this is you know, it's a huge blow to a Diamondbacks fan base that's, you know, kind of that kind of understood that they were trying to sell, but now that it's happened, I'm pretty sure that it's really hurting. It's it's kind of the end of an era almost, you know, this This decade, you know, it was Paul Goldschmidt leading the way for them. And they made a couple, you know, couple playoff pushes, made the playoffs here and there. So, you know, I feel for the D-backs fans, uh, the Cardinals really, you know, this cannot be understated that they added an MVP caliber player. So what they gave up was Luke Weaver, Carson Kelly, and another prospect, I believe. So Diamondbacks got something back, but man, did the Cardinals really run into something good here. And are they the new favorite in the Central, just hands down now? Because they might be for me.
1: Um, ooh. I never even thought of it like that, honestly. I never considered the fact that this could make them go from the third best team to the best team. And I think it's a good point that they were already so close last season without him. They just got an MVP-caliber player, without losing very much. I think I don't want to count out the Cubs or Brewers right away because I think the Cubs can be better than they were last year. Like Chris Bryant and Rizzo really could have better seasons, for example. Mm-hmm. And you know the Brewers won half division, so I don't want to just assume they're going to be worse automatically. But I think that's a really fair point and. I I really do love this trade for the Cardinals. I mean, the only issue is that it's a rental, that's unfortunate. Well, but...
0: I, how many more years of team control does Goldschmidt have? He's I mean, he's on a really team friendly contract too. He signed I an thought extension the season after the season. Is he is yeah. he already? I all I know is that he was one of the most affordable players, most affordable players of his caliber in all of baseball. Um. I can't check where I am. If you could check that out. Um but, you know, I do I do think that the Cardinals yeah. are really looking like more and more, you know, things can happen still. Like the top dogs in this division now because this is a huge <laughs> this is a huge acquisition. This is the middle of the order bat that, you know, transforms any team alone and then you look at the lineup that they already had, it was pretty good. You have I, I assume Matt Carpenter will just be the leadoff hitter there forever and he had a really good year last year and they have you know good like okay middle infielders to to bridge that gap as well and then you know pretty impressive outfields you know between guys like Harrison Bader and Marcelo Zuna um well Dexter Fowler is not a is, is, is a bit still an unfortunate one there but you know again the pitching is consistently good Jack Flaherty really established himself last year and then you got guys like Michael Walker, who's, who's kind of settled in, um, you know, Carlos Martinez, uh, if he's healthy and they decide that he's, I'm pretty sure he's going to move back to the starting rotation uh, after pitching out of the bullpen, coming back from injury last year. So, you know, those are some really good pitchers at the top there. I don't, I, I just love the product that they put out on the field without the kind of player like Paul Goldschmidt. And then I think that really turns things around. And it's hard to go against t- like teams like the Cubs and Brewers that have MVPs on their team too. They have Yel, like the Brewers have Yelich, they have Kane, they have a lot of really good pieces. They still have no pitching. The Cubs again, they could get way more out of Brian Rizzo than than we've seen. And they, you know, Javier Baez was top three in MVP voting. I think well, he finished second. So um, that's you know that's a really good dynamic lineup, also. And I can't count it out, but I think I just like the Cardinals that much more. So uh, that's going to be fun to play out. Right now, it, does, it hasn't even hit yet. It's going to be one of those things, by the time the season rolls around, by spring training, you're like, oh, this is weird. Paul Goldschmidt in a different uniform, this is, this is a weird sight to see. Um, so the Diamondbacks, you know, really, we'll see if they end up selling Granke off. Uh, I believe they're also looking at the market for Robbie Ray. Uh, they, you know... They they're in a different mode. They're not. They they're losing Pollock to free agency. Yeah, a lot of bad times ahead for the Diamondbacks. It looks like. So hopefully they can uh, turn it around quickly. Um. All right. Well, we're gonna talk about the NL East. We're not gonna go too much longer with that. But first, I'll mention Nathan Uvalde. Uh, Red Sox it, beloved. Aliens. Did I say the NL East? I meant the AL East. Sorry. Um. I don't know why I said. I could have misspoken. But Nathan Yuvaldi back to the Red Sox on a four-year, $68 million deal, which, you know, I think is fair. You know, I think Nathan Yuvaldi is one of those pitchers who's dealt with a lot of injuries and a lot of moving around and a lot of inconsistency in terms of performance, but has always had that raw stuff. And you know, it it seems with players like this, once it clicks, it just kind of clicks. You know, you know, barring un- some really unfortunate, you know, injuries or something. Other things like that. I don't think he's going to go back to being, you know, a b- a bad pitcher, especially after the kind of run that he had in the postseason. You know, that 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 thing really does transform a player. It it's it's significant. And the Red Sox fans, of course, love him for the incredible effort that he that he put in that what was it, game two of the World Series this past year, so or game three. I don't I don't remember which game it was. The super long game where he basically, you know single-handedly kept his team in it um yeah this that was a big i think that was a big factor in the red sox resigning him too is just you know they i think they decided that he earned a spot with this team you know this this dynasty of the team so do you think it's an overpay do you think it's a, yeah a great or do you th- you do think it's an overpay
1: i mean what you said is all true but I think if he went to a different team that didn't just win the World Series, people would be criticizing the deal more. Like if the Yankees, for example, signed him to this deal, people would say this is a terrible deal, I think. Whereas because he pitched great for a few games for the Red Sox last year, everyone's convinced that a guy has been incredibly inconsistent his whole career has suddenly figured it all out. And I do agree. I mean, I think he will definitely will be better than he has been in his career, but I don't think he'll be as good as he was, you know, last year. I think he'll be somewhere in the middle. And I think... You know, it's not a huge overpay. You know, it's not a terribly expensive contract, but I think there are a lot more Nathan these in the world than people realize personally.
0: Oh, I don't know about that. This is a guy, this was an anomaly when he was inconsistent as he was. I remember, I mean, you remember too, his time with the Yankees, his time all over the place was just, how is this guy throwing 100 miles, and turning out 100 miles an hour easy with a nasty splitter and, you know, decent secondary pitches just so hittable and so inconsistent, it was really baffling. And there aren't a million Nathan Yuvaldis out there, cause not everybody can throw a coasted in there in the upper nineties like he does with really good secondary pitches. And I, you know, I do think some players it's more important to look at track record and consistency than others. But then when you when you run into a player like this who you know, just by figuring something out has the potential to be, you know, that kind of next-level elite presence. You know, just even on the off chance that he happens to turn out, you know, performance like he did in his short time with the Red Sox last year, then that's by far, you know, a very, very worthwhile deal. I and mean, for your $68 we we're not talking absurd money. Like, Carlos Santana's making more than that i mean if that's That's, one way you want to look
1: at it i mean it just shows you how bad it (laughs) costs well okay that might be
0: don't get me wrong like it's fine like it's not
1: i'm not trying to be i'm not not trying to over exaggerate
0: you just remember Uh, the bad times too which i think a lot of people have forgotten
1: i just don't ever like i never like paying guys off of one year performance i think it's been a consistent belief i've always had since we started I,
0: I this is the comparison I gave you asked you asked me is he legit and I said yeah and you were like really and I was like well I mean not Justin Verlander legit I, maybe more Robbie Ray legit that's probably the closest picture that I yeah. can think of you know it's true. So, it's true. so there you go uh, alright before we wrap up Yankees fan to Yankees fan what do you want for Christmas this year for the Yankees that is I just read
1: this thing that we should trade Andrew Hart for Kluber and sign Machado I don't want that, but that is an interesting strategy, I must admit. I don't know. I'm really torn between the Yankees going all, 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 all in, on just fucking loading the team up with every big name they can find and just going full Blitzkrieg Steinbrenner. (laughs) Or kind of just saying, you know, at this core, he's already won 100 games with a lot of injuries, already hit the most home runs ever uh, in a season, already was one game away from the World Series, like, why not just sign a few more perfil, you know, bats and pitchers? And, uh, you know, I wouldn't I, 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 see where it takes them. My ideal offseason, I think, is signing, like, Keuchel, um, re-signing Hap, uh, maybe signing a reliever, and, um, like, uh, like, a DJ LeMayhew to play second base while, wow. GD out, and maybe just someone off the bench to play some DH, and maybe they can get Nelson Cruz and convince him that, you know, to try to win a World Series before he retires or something. I That's how I would do it, but feel okay. free to
0: disagree. So, a, cu- a few things. First of all, I, I feel like an, an idiot. I asked you what you want for Christmas. I, what do you want for Hanukkah this year? I, that was insensitive of me. Well, um, I, gave,
1: of I gave you my eight my eight presents i think
0: yeah i think you ended up with eight anyway so i think we're uh we're okay there um second of all they don't need a dh because they already have an abundance of outfield slash dh options and stanton's more or less an everyday dh so don't think they should sign somebody like cruz and third of all i'm with you on the uh i want to see the yankees just build a super team side of things i know i know you're a little more conservative with the whole uh overspending on free agency but I'd I, I don't know if I want Machado personally. I I would love to get Bryce Harper. That'd be cool. Even though it doesn't make a lot of sense of where he would play. Um, first base. He could play first base. He could, you know, you would make room in the outfield for Bryce Harper if you needed to somehow. Um you know, I would if the Indians are s- is super eager to sell, then uh sure. I'll I'll take Corey Kluber or Trevor Bauer if we can manage to get you know get them for a reasonable price you know and duhar that's reasonable price to me um yeah i want to see the super team do some super team type of type of stuff while they can you know this is is with all the money they have you know there there is there's still a limited window for for any kind of class of this kind of talent and you know with the red sox doing what they're doing and the kind of dynasty they have i want to see this thing go full-on head-to-head 100 win 100 win teams every year so bring it on i want bryce harper that's what i want for christmas i've wanted it for a while um i think he's also just a really good um you know player to build a a franchise around like him and judge and stanton on the same team like that would be unbelievable so that's my thoughts on what the yankees should do um So, yeah, that's going to do it for today's podcast. Thanks, everybody, for sticking around this long. If you enjoyed it, make sure to rate, comment, and subscribe. And uh, check out our website, beattheshiftbaseball.com. That's where all our podcasts are and anything else that we end up doing. Sorry about the inconsistency again. uh, You know, going into the new year and, you know, next baseball season, we'll be on top of it a little bit more. This, again, the last five months with me being away has been very tricky, but we'll definitely try to get one more at least out to you uh, before 2018's up. And, uh, yeah, I forgot to mention too. follow us at beat the shift BP on Twitter for, you know, any updates or if you want to hear our thoughts or get in touch with us too. That's, you know, it's all good. All good times over here. So thank you everybody. One last time as always Rude. Peace. And I haven't seen those new Facebook likes. I love them. <laughs> nice. All right. Yeah. Sorry. I, You forgot about the music again, didn't you? Yeah, sorry.